0: Hello again, welcome back to Bear Books, the podcast hosted by yours truly, Daisy Ray and April Berry. We are all about appreciating indie authors. We have interviews and reviews, writing and reading new flash fiction stories and best of all, getting authors noticed by their readers. And today we are doing the best kind of podcast work known to womankind. We've been sat with our feet up reading (laughs) recommended novels, in my case, and online browsing finds, in April's case. And we're here to share and maybe, just maybe, inspire you to read something unexpected or new. April, your favourite position throughout the decade plus that I've known you has been horizontal. Yeah. So this week, your homework for the podcast has been reading whatever your favourite thing has been. How have you liked being in your favourite position this week rather than doing any actual work?
1: I've really enjoyed reading the book. I must admit it's <laughs> made me laugh. So, yes, yeah, yeah. sitting, sitting with my feet up with my cup of coffee, it possibly is my favourite position. Yes.
0: We're going to have a chat about what we've been reading. I've been reading a book that I'm going to tell you all about in a moment. April will tell us all about what she's been reading because I know nothing about it yet. Maybe she'll give us such a good rundown, I'll have to run off and read it myself.
1: It depends on whether you're sort of 50 going on 15.
0: (laughs) 50 going on 80.
1: Yeah, that's the one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just
1: need to get in there. Where's my happy birthday, by the way?
0: It's not your birthday yet. Oh, oh,
1: oh, Yeah.
0: Oh, it's actually your birthday.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops, my bad. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I just won't let you get away with that any longer.
0: You shouldn't really still be counting birthdays at your age. Why not? You should either start going backwards.
1: Or I could flip it round, so have the last digit first and the first digit last. So
0: you'd be like six months old.
1: No, it'd be six.
0: Zero, six.
1: Zero. Yeah, I'd be six.
0: Yeah, whatever. Instead six of months suits you better.
1: Well, yeah, it does, doesn't it?
0: And you've had a few and you're crawling around your kitchen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'll be me tonight. I'm not going anywhere, i am I?
0: <laughs> yeah, another lockdown birthday. Woo-hoo.
1: Yes. Woo. I've actually just been having a conversation with our next door neighbour and he said he, he he was 50 in lockdown and he he just shut the world out and got pissed and went to bed.
0: I well, don't blame him.
1: And that's all he did. But the problem is his partner's teetotal and she was not impressed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shall I sing happy birthday for you?
1: No, you're all right, thank you. Don't I you do. like my singing? But well, it's not that. I like to have listeners left at the end of the podcast.
0: <gasps> Rude. I'll tell you about my book instead then.
1: That'd be a better idea.
0: So here it is then, When the Storm Ends by Rebecca L. Marsh. So let's start with the cover. The title, When the Storm Ends, along with the image of the rainbow. It nicely sums up this book in an understated way that suits it perfectly, yet gives no clue whatsoever to the hero we are about to meet. She is Beth. Beth is a child psychologist, and this story is told through her perspective for current events, recounting her own childhood trauma and survival to Erin, her young patient who has killed her father, but won't or can't talk about it. Beth candidly talks to Erin, rightly or wrongly, about her own childhood in the hopes that Erin will see some of herself mirrored in Beth and be able to open up about the circumstances around the murder. In my humble opinion, this story is written at the perfect pace. Each chapter building nicely into the next. None of that superfluous padding that means absolutely nothing to make the book longer. No rushing through everything and skipping bits. Plenty of detail. I also want to mention that while this book is chock-a-block full of triggers around fear, neglect, physical and sexual abuse, it is handled with empathy in a sensitive way. It never gives the reader more information than they can handle to know exactly what is happening in the book. Um, The book hopped between present day and Beth's childhood with no hiccups whatsoever, very nicely done. It's not an easy read, I have to say that, It's upsetting, traumatic, heartbreaking, uplifting, loving, and in places restores faith in humanity. It's a complete roller coaster, for sure. Rebecca knows how to hold her reader's attention, and I for one will be reading her next book based on how much I appreciated this one. Thank you, Rebecca.
1: That's actually quite a good review, but I've got loads of questions following on from that. <laughs> you would have. Well, I do, because I kinda really what what was the outcome? I can't tell you the outcome, can I? Oh well, yeah, I have on mine, which is a book you've been reading. Give me some some meat.
0: Okay. So when Beth was a young child, she her mum was a born victim. She'd right. she'd been raised. In a household where she was a victim from the get-go. She'd okay. grown up and married a dad. Right. And that just I'm carried on into her adult life. I'm but sorry,
1: do you mean you, Beth, do you mean metaphorically now, don't you? You don't mean that she actually married a dad?
0: No, she didn't marry her actual dad. Well, it was
1: just the way you said it. Well, I think <laughs> you would be interested in this book. <laughs> There's
0: no incest, honest.
1: Oh, I just wonder where they found the vicar to do that.
0: <laughs> well, I say there's no incest. There is incest, but not for Beth.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Okay. So Beth is lovely. She's a lovely little girl. She looks after a little brother. She's terrified a lot of the time. She wears it brilliantly. She knows when to hide, when to pretend to be asleep, when to go for a walk in the woods, when to take a little brother out of the house. She's just she's grown up right. with it, and she's she's like she's a survivor. Okay, And she loves her little brother who is like at least five years younger than her. I can't Uh actually remember how many years it was before her little brother was born. But she was absolutely terrified at becoming a big sister. And then when he was born, she felt the need to protect him all of the time. So it was really hard for her. But she got beat up quite a lot. Yeah. They all did. Her mother did. She did. Her brother did, even though. He was the offspring of the stepfather that was doing the beating. So what made you
1: pick that book?
0: I actually went online and I asked for recommendations. It's like, I want to read something that's really going to capture my imagination or my emotions or just one of those things that you just can't put down. So I was asking for recommendations. What have other people read? that they thought so highly of that they would recommend it to somebody else to read. And this was on the
1: recommended list. Okay. Was there anything else on there then that you're going to pick up and read?
0: There were one or two, yes. Um, I'm going to keep those under my hat for now because I've not decided. I've got like a, a final three that I want to think about for my next read. So I'm just going to have a ponder on that one. In the meantime, I want to hear about what you've been reading.
1: Well, I've just got one more question. Oh, go on then. Why wouldn't I have you? So, is this book out of your comfort zone? Is it something that you would ordinarily pick up or get from the library? Or actually,
0: you... it's something that generally, if I saw it on the shelf, I would actively avoid. Okay. Because of the triggers, because so... of kids being beaten up and et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of hard stuff in there to deal with. Yeah. You know, some people are okay with that, some people are not. You don't know what level it's going to be at in the book, how it's going to be handled. Knowing that the subject matter can be a trigger. Yeah. You don't know if the writer is going to have more gratuitous beatings and drama and things that you really don't need just to make the book bigger and darker and harder okay. or whether they're going to handle it in a sensitive way. And you actually know what's going on. More of the show, not tell that we're talking yeah. about now and again on the podcast this was that book it was show not tell a lot of the time which was really nice and what she did do that I really liked was allow a certain level of intelligence in her reader she didn't need to baby us through the story
1: Mm, that's interesting mine is something completely different good So the book that I have been reading this week is a book by Debbie Young and it's called Secret at St. Bride's and it's the first in a series and it's set in a school. So what can I say about this book? It does, as it says on the tin, it's a school story for grown-ups. It's actually a story about Gemma who leaves her boyfriend and secures a job at a boarding school as an English teacher. Though she's qualified, she's never actually worked as a teacher before. And initially she seems to be a little bit ditzy, but actually she isn't. I feel that she was like that because of her ex, the reason why she's actually at the school. It is a little bit St Trinian's in its outlook, although I have got to say that the pupils are better behaved than the staff. It's a lightweight, light-hearted story uh, with a little bit of a twist to it. The head is a little bit, I will will use the word, sex-starved. She's looking for a husband amongst the wealthy widowers who send their daughters to the school. So that's her main quest. The marketing strategy for the school is that all staff and employees are female. That's not actually true because the games teacher is a male with long hair who wears women's clothes at work and men's out of it. We've got a male bursar and we've also got a male security guard. Now initially the story is around the librarian who's selling the school library books. A little bit of a profiteering racket. Um, The headmistress starts to date Gemma's ex-boyfriend. The headmistress is Oriana. And then the tale takes a bit of a twist. When all the pupils leave the school for a break, leaving Oriana, Joe, who's the PE teacher, the games teacher, and Gemma, Gemma finds Oriana collapsed with a cycle in a tube around her neck. Initially, first of all, it looked like Joe, who used to be an international cyclist, but had to give it up due to a scandal, had actually tried to kill her. I'm not going to give away who did it. If you want to know that, you will have to read the book. And if you're looking for something that's a light hearted, that's well written and that's got a good flow to it, this is it. Just don't expect an Agatha Christie style whodunit, but it's a good book. I'm intrigued to find out what happens to McPhee. McPhee's the cat uh, and he does feature in the story. It is humorous. It's exasperating as well in parts. I really, really enjoyed it. It is the first in a series, and I have got to say I will be moving on to the second book in the series. The jacket's well, well done as well, so it's got some good cover art. It kind of draws you into the book. I just liked it, and if you're looking for an, a grown-up Enie Blyton, Mallory Towers or St Clair's, this is for you. It
0: sounds exactly what you said. It sounds very St Trinian's
1: everyone's just a little bit dodgy. Yeah, it's hilarious. It, th- there's kind of a motive behind everything that they do. Obviously, the motive behind Gemma was to get away from Steve and her ex-boyfriend. It's it's actually really funny because there was a little bit in that that took me back to my flash fiction, and I'd not read that bit. And yeah. she she witters on at the end of the book about Joe allowing her to pick a DVD to watch, and she says, oh, maybe you'll let me handle his remote control soon. And I was just <laughs> hysterical. And I'd not read that when I wrote my flash fiction. Got Joe, and then you've got the bursar who's male. And, and the marketing strategy, like I say, at the school is that all the staff are all female. So you've got a bursar who's male. You've got Max, who's the security guard. Got Joe, who's got long blonde hair, shaves and waxes to within an inch of his life so that all the, the pupils think he's a, a female. Or the other theory is that he's so good looking that they like him around the school so they don't mention to the parents that he's not a female.
0: I have a question. What sort of school has a
1: mausoleum? The school in itself used to be a is stately it a boarding home. school. It is a boarding school, yeah, and it used to be a stately home. And so all the people that died that lived at the stately home in the past are all buried in this mausoleum.
0: Oh, lovely, very jolly
1: school. So can you see what kind of characters we're dealing with here? <laughs> Yeah, who hired the librarian that's fleecing the library? All the books in this library are all like first editions, and the school is a bit of a crumbling old pile. So what Mavis is doing is selling off all these first editions to keep the school going.
0: Oh, she's doing it for the school. Yeah,
1: Uh, but she's always, yeah, but it's one book for the school and one book for her. So she is building a retirement fund up as well. There was a little bit of a twist there, which I thought was quite clever actually, because initially I thought that the mystery around the school was going to be about Mavis and the library books. Yeah. And it didn't. It turned out to be Stephen who was strangling the headmistress to get back with Gemma. Um, <laughs> which, you know, that's the normal everyday behaviour in a school, really, isn't it? Yes, you do. So Gemma started investigating the librarian because she noticed that over the period of the school term, books went missing. So she'd go for something. She's an English teacher. She'd go for something to, to teach a class out with and it wouldn't be there any longer. Yeah. It had gone. And I just kind of thought that the mystery would be that somebody had tried to try and bump her off. So it was a major red herring. Do
0: you know, back a million years ago now, when I was young, (laughs) I used to work in a secondhand and antiquarian bookstore. And the most I ever sold a book for was one that was bought for 10 pence and sold for 400 pounds. Wow. I was so proud. And it was a Bible. It wasn't even a really like, Big adventure or anything. It was a Bible, but it was a really old one and in good condition. I used Just, to love that. Don't
1: job. you have a set of, is it Dickens first editions? Yes, I do. I thought you did, yeah.
0: Yes, I do. That's my retirement fund. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so so actually it was it was actually quite interesting. Like I say, it's not an in-depth book. It's not something that requires a lot of thinking about. And it's not something if you want to get stuck into a really good, meaty novel.
0: So does the cat in the school have an actual part to play? Is it McPhee yeah, can,
1: the cat? Yeah, McPhee. He kind of does have a bit of a part to play, yeah, because, and, and I haven't really worked out exactly yet what his part is. The cat belongs to Miss Harnett. Okay. Right?
0: Who's Miss Harnett?
1: Right. Miss Harnett, it turns out in the book, is is the headmistress's mother.
0: Oh right. I was just about to say you could misdrew that and call her Miss Harlot, but if it's the head teacher's mother, maybe not. Ah uh,
1: uh, no, because the father of the head teacher is a school governor who oh. dropped who dropped down dead before the head teacher was born. Oh so the head teacher's mother, Miss Harnett, came to the school as a young girl, straight from university, newly qualified, and was seduced by this old governor. Oh, who dropped down dead before Miss Harnett had the baby. Now, she called the baby... I'm
0: beginning Olive. to see a pattern with Miss Harnett.
1: Yeah. She, now, she called the baby Olive originally because she had a thing for olives, but she changed her name to Oriana. So the headmistress is called Oriana, not Olive, which is what she was christened. Well, there's a relief. Like I say, there's lots and lots of wacky, weird She's got to carrots. call it a bacon butty. Well, it's really funny, actually, <laughs> because in the book she said, Somebody said, oh, I'm, can you imagine what it would have been if she'd had a craving for Marmite?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So, th- and MacFee belongs to Miss Harnett. Now, Mac, yeah, we shall see what happens and, and how his character develops.
0: I am going to read Rebecca's next book. She does have another one out. I uh-huh. don't even know what it's called, but the first one was so good, I'm going to read it on the strength of it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily for the podcast, but I am going to read it.
1: Well, we've got um, a book to read for next week, don't we?
0: Yes, we do. The Turquoise Traveller.
1: So that's that's our next week's reading list. And The Turquoise Traveller is by David John Griffin. And I believe that we're interviewing David, aren't we, next week? Yes, we are. Have you started reading it yet? Yes, I have. Have you? I haven't. First
0: impressions, Alice in Wonderland on hallucinogenics.
1: <laughs> OK. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all I've got to say about that at this moment
1: right. okay, not bad then <laughs> Looking forward to uh, to interviewing David next week And I'm also kind of looking forward to getting my uh, nose into this second book In this series, which I'm going to commit now I'm going to read for the next podcast uh, But don't we have some flash fiction coming up as well?
0: Um, Actually, it's flash fiction next week
1: Is it flash fiction next week? <laughs> Do I not really know what I'm doing then? <laughs>
0: Next week, we are reading its complicated flash fiction stories. And the following Friday, everybody will get to meet David David. and we'll talk about his book, The Two-Quarters Traveller.
1: Yeah, the problem is, you see, you're the person with the board. I don't have the board.
0: I love the board.
1: What I do have is a very, very, very expensive diary that I'm failing to use.
0: Well, shame on you. Excuse me. I
1: know, I know.
0: think you can get away with anything just because it's your birthday.
1: I don't think I can get away with anything. So have you written your It's Complicated then? No. No, I haven't either. No.
0: We have had several It's Complicated stories in, which it's been an absolute honour to sit and read through. So we will be choosing one of those to come and join us hopefully next week if she, if she can't join us or he can't join us then we'll read it ourselves or have yeah. them record it and send it in for you we will see how that goes see which choice we make have you got a favorite yet of all the ones we've read
1: there's one that's coming that overly quirky
0: <laughs> oh i think i know the one you mean yeah. <laughs> yes yes that one is quirky it's different it makes you think
1: i'll leave it up to you to announce what's going on then next week because i've just made a total and complete hash of it and i'm just going to say goodbye. Bye. We'll speak to everybody next week.
0: Genius. <laughs> next week, it's flash fiction, folks. We're here to read you stories. It's complicated. It's the writing prompt. We will also read you the winning story if we don't have the winner along with us to co-host. Do you think we should forgive April? She can't help it. First of all, it's a birthday, so we have to be nice to her. Well, I do. She's my friend. And secondly, she's so old now, we could just put it down to a senior moment. <laughs> <clears throat> and before I get myself in trouble, I will wish you all well and talk to you next week.
1: If you've read a book by an indie author that you've really enjoyed, email the title across to us at contactus at bearbooks.co.uk. And if we read it, we will discuss it on the podcast.
0: Excellent. If you happen to be an indie author and would like us to add your book to our reading list, maybe even come and talk about it on the podcast, send your suggestions to submissions at bearbooks.co.uk.
1: And if you fancy a go at writing flash fiction and want the chance to be published in our flash fiction anthology for 2021, pop onto our social media for the full list of writing prompts for this season and also the word count at Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or at Pod one on Twitter.
0: Thanks to Simon Strong for the musical interludes. You can Instagram him at dadnap.mp3. Stay safe until next time.